Peak Wealth Management proudly presents Finding True Wealth with certified financial planner Nick Hopwood and accredited investment fiduciary Jim Pilot. Nick and Jim believe by making simple, good financial decisions, you can retire with confidence. And now let's turn it over to your hosts, Nick and Jim. Welcome. Welcome, everyone, to the Trust the Plan podcast. I'm Nick. And I'm Preston. And Jim is still at the volleyball tournament in Florida. <laughs> yeah. He's like taking the whole summer off. Yeah, I it's guess. lasting forever. <laughs> <laughs> um, maybe they just keep winning and moving on. <laughs> right. right? Um, okay, so remember at Peak Wealth Management, we believe by providing education and guidance, we can help you make great financial decisions so you can retire with peak confidence. And one way to do that is to track your net worth periodically. Okay. Understand your net worth. And always be trying to grow your net worth. And I've been doing this since like 2005 because I, my wife and I bought our first rental property when, when, uh, when it was 2005. So we were like 26 years old. And the realtor gave us a book called The Real Estate, The, the Million Dollar Real Estate Investor or something like that. Mm-hmm. It was written by the Keller Williams guy. I think his name is Gary Keller. And I read the book. It was really easy to read. I, I recommend the book, actually. It's available on Amazon, and it's cheap. But uh, in there, he tells a story about how he would meet his buddy for breakfast every week. And every week, they would compare their net worth with each other and say, how are we growing our net worth this week? What is that immediate knee-jerk? What's your immediate knee-jerk reaction to that? Well, two things, immediate knee jerk. One is it's great to have a friend like that that you can meet every week and say, what are we doing together? You know, it's uh, keeping each other responsible for how are we growing this? How, what are we doing? What's good? What's bad? What do we need? Because it's taboo for a lot of people right. to talk about that stuff. Yeah, not many people talk about it, but it's great to have a friend like that in your corner. But then my second knee jerk is every week tracking seems like a bit much. Totally agree. <laughs> totally agree. That's why I'd say, Monthly, on the first of the month, right. and we have a template available on our website, peakwm.com expenses, and we have the track your expenses and net worth con- combined in one uh, Excel spreadsheet template. Now, what I do is I take that template and I put it into the Google Drive, make it a Google Sheet, because I used to have an Excel file, which was lost in like 2008. Yeah. which is devastating. Yeah, I do the same thing. Learn from your mistake and I'd put it in the drive. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to be managing any data. Okay, We're not in the data management business. So uh, track your net worth monthly. Okay, so on the first of the month, you log in, you, you know, super simple. You just, you know, log your, your banking, your investments, your real estate, your debt. Right. And it formulates your net worth right there. And over time, we should see net, our net worth growing because we're saving money, and then those savings are invested, and the investments are growing, and then we have liabilities that we're continuously paying down on. Even if you're not making anything more than the normal payment, it is going down each month. And so it's fun to see it growing month by month. And usually when we have a husband and wife, we'll have one of them take the lead, and then the, the other spouse you know, they can just kind of observe what's happening. Right. Um, I like to update it and then say, hey, honey, look. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. I do the same thing. I update it for me and Natasha, but 
I think it's important to have your spouse involved so they're aware of what's going on and they're understanding the path you're on. Yeah, and you know, a lot of times if they're not aware and something happens to you, like what if you pass away suddenly and now your spouse has no idea what's going on. They don't have they don't know where the money is, they don't know what the passwords are, they don't know who to call. Right. And that can be scary. Right. So anyway, you can put your uh, you know, instructions in that sheet as well as another tab. So, okay, what inspired the topic today was a, a Twitter uh, thread that I read, and it was talking about net worth by decades, okay? And in our 20s, you know, what are the things that jump out to you since you are a young, what, 20, 25? 24. 24-year-old. 24 Just year turned 24. I have, a, I have like a mental block <laughs> with his age, because he, he seems like he's like 40, walking around like, like he's got the wisdom of a 40-year-old but only 24. Well, I appreciate it. Um, but yeah, in your 20s, I think the theme that I see with myself and with uh, friends that I went to high school and college with is just getting your feet wet in the world. Um, one thing I focus hard on not falling into, but I see a lot of people falling into is you get your first adult paycheck and immediate lifestyle creep from a college kid all the way up to using that paycheck. Um, but I think what people should focus on and what I focus on, what I tell my friends to focus on is let's start knocking down debt, like student loan debt. Pretty much everyone I know has at least some. Um, and then also just get a systematic contribution going into your 401k. Let's get that set up early. Time's on your side. Let's get some compounding going and let's set ourselves up. And that was the biggest point that I was thinking about is time is on your side. Because if you start contributing well, I think you calculated like 18000 something mm -hmm. per year and making historical market returns. You have a million dollars after 20 years. Right. And so that is having time on your side. So in your 20s, that is the most valuable asset right. is time. And I would say secondly is your income stream because you don't have a portfolio yet. Right. But your income stream can be unlimited potentially, right? right. And there's so many people you know, who go to college and get a skill set, but then they never do anything beyond that, right? There's no certifications or no secondary degrees or no continuing personal growth and development. And I think that's a shame. Yeah, I agree. I, you know, I think a great, probably the best time to continue to work on personal growth and development is as soon as you graduate college, because you're still in that mindset, you're still able to retain information quickly, and it can be a great time to really accelerate your path forward. Again, time's on your side. Yeah, so if you can continue to learn, right, you can put that learning to work. Right. Right, and learn about different investment strategies and learn about, you know, uh, communication styles and personality styles and those, uh, you know, those things that they don't teach in school um, and that can help you climb that career ladder, if you will. Right. What about when, you, when we're in the 50s and 60s? What, what, you know, what do we see with our clients and what do you think about? Yeah, at that point, number one thing that pops out is retirement is at least somewhat on the horizon. You can see it in the next decade, 15 years maybe, depending on what your plans are. But it's on the horizon. You see it there. How much debt do you have? What do we need to do to get it knocked out before you retire? Totally agree. I don't want to retire with any debt. That's really one of my mantras and sometimes it's unavoidable with people 
Um, but you know, when I'm thinking about my own plan, I want to have everything on a, so I'll be 44, right? So I want to have, make sure everything's like on a 15 year deal or less. Right. Cause I don't want it to have it lingering, you know? Right. So if it's a 30 year mortgage, you'd, you'd, we'd consult to pay some extra to make sure it's gone because we want that net worth to be super clean for retirement. And we want that income statement to be really strong where we don't have any of these liability payments. Right. So as we're approaching retirement, right, we don't want to create any new liabilities as well. So if you have, you know, um, projects or upgrades or cars or w whatever you need to do to clean up before retirement, oftentimes we'll see, hey, retirement looks okay, but it can look great if you just do these three things. And people get really laser focused because we think as humans, a lot of us think, you know, compartmentally, like, well, if I can do this, then I can retire, like pay right. this car off, then I can retire or pay off the home equity line and then I can retire with confidence, right? Yeah, I think that's a great point. And then another thing I like to talk about, just to put it in perspective of how important it is to knock out these debts and these liability payments, is if you follow the 4% rule, which is a general rule of thumb in financial planning, um, but if you consider that every $1,000 a month that you need to pay on a liability in retirement, is equivalent to needing a $300,000 portfolio. So if you can knock out a $1,000 a month liability payment, it's equivalent of essentially having saved $300,000 in your portfolio. Well said. If you'd like to consult with us on how to grow, how to track and grow your net worth or balance sheet, and if you have a portfolio of more than 500,000 and you're looking for a second opinion, you can reach out to us at peakwm.com. You've been listening to certified financial planner Nick Hopwood and accredited investment fiduciary Jim Pilot on the Finding True Wealth podcast, sponsored by Peak Wealth Management. You can learn more about Peak Wealth Management by visiting peakwm.com or follow on Twitter at nhopwood1.